let's turn to the book of Titus of the New Testament. <laughs> Titus is a small book with a big word. Testing one, two, three. The book of Titus of the New Testament. And we're going to deal with uh, basically several places in the book, the whole book in several places. But we're going to start at chapter 1. And when you get there, please say amen. amen. The Bible tells us in chapter 1 of the book of Titus. It says, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, and the acknowledging of the truth which is after godliness. It says, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began, but have in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. Let's bow our heads, please. Father, most gracious and heavenly, almighty living God, most eternal one, most gladly we come to you boldly before the throne of grace. Father, we ask for your mercy, and we're seeking to find grace in our time of need and desires, Father. Now, Father, I want to, right now, I want to send out a special prayer to all those that you have healed under our regimen. Father, we thank you for the power that you have bestowed upon us, Father. We also want to send out a special thanks to you, Father, for all the people that we've been able to help, not only inside of House of Destiny, but outside in the community. Father, we thank you for allowing us to be servants of you, Father. Father, we find no other gratitude than to be able to serve you, the only true and living God. Now, Father, may you take the blessing of this prayer that I set up before you and the souls, which are the prayers that come with it of the saints. Father, I pray right now, the Lord, that you will just touch and take it into your account. And, Father, bless us and keep us because you've said in your word, Father, John says that, I wish above all things that we prosper and be in health, even as our soul prosper. We want it on all levels, Father. Father, bless us physically, bless us soulfully, and bless us spiritually, Father. Give us a balance in our lives, Father, and always keep our minds dedicated toward you into, into uh, uh, the glorious and the majestic name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Father. You said in your word that Men should always pray and faint not, Father. That means that men should always direct their direction toward you, Father. Now, Father, we ask in your holy name that you will continue to bless us and keep us. In Jesus' name, our Savior. Amen. Amen. Paul, the word Paul, first of all, the book of Titus means to be honorable and pleasing. Now, when we are honorable and pleasing to God, then great things can happen for us. It really can. 
So Titus here being honorable and pleasing. Paul is writing to him. Now the word Paul means to be restrained from existence. In other words, when the word of God refrains you, you begin to die to yourself. You see, Paul was restrained by the word of God on the road to Damascus. You see, every name has a meaning to it in the Bible. Nothing is there. Everything in the Bible is a secret journey with spirit with you. Because God is spirit, right? And those that worship spirit must do what? Worship him how? And in truth, right? So words are containers. It's just like this right here. Now, if I don't ever take and drink what's inside this container, it's never going to do me any good, right? So if I don't ever open this word up through the Holy Ghost and get to the spiritual connection, then I'm going to be lost. All we're going to be doing is having church, right? But we're not churchgoers. We're kingdom dwellers, right? That's what we are, right? We're not churchgoers. We are kingdom dwellers. You see, we are the church. And the church is, as I always say, is designed as an avenue to take us into the realm of the kingdom of God that's inside of us. Because that's where the kingdom of God is, inside of us. Luke 17, 21 declares. So Paul, restrained from existence. That's what it means. Restrained by the word of God. You see, when the word of God restrains us from ourselves, in other words, Pick up your cross and deny yourself. Pick it up daily and deny yourself. Refrain from existence. Deny yourself and follow after me. When we do this, we become a servant of God, right? And not only that, but he says, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of God's elect. That means that when the word of God restrains us, takes us away from that idol called self. The biggest idol it is is the one called self. That's the one that's getting in the way of God and your ability to see God, self. That's the one where he said in the Old Testament, put no other God before me. See, it ain't that, it ain't the car, it ain't the house, it ain't the money. Like I told you before, it ain't none of that. That's not the idol. That's the fringe benefit of the idol called self. Self is the one that's in the way. That car ain't in the way. That car ain't done nothing but what it's supposed to do. It's us. Self that ain't done what it's supposed to do. That's, that's where the problem lies. Bible says that Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Well, we know that Jesus Christ is the power and the wisdom of God. It's declared, 1 Corinthians 1 24. We know that the word apostle means what well, Jesus Christ is the power and the wisdom of God, 1 Corinthians 1 24. But we know that the word apostle means to be commissioned and sent with power. Not just talk. But with power, the Bible says, these signs shall follow them that believe. You see, first of all, if you're a believer, you're on the move. You ain't just sitting having church. 
like most Sunday goals. Trying to beat people like that money. Can I talk up in here this morning? Can I preach? Can I preach? Because I'm going to preach up in here. I'm going to preach up in here. I know we got company, but I'm preaching that they're part of our body. They know the truth. They do the same thing we do. They serve the Lord with gladness. They help people in the community. See, see people that selfish don't do that. See, people that selfish, they got to get paid for everything they do. I don't get paid for this, y'all. I do this because I love doing it. Because I love seeing people, God's people grow. And because of that, God blesses me. And he's going to keep on blessing me. Regardless of what man, because see, it ain't about what man think about you. He ain't got no heaven, no hell to put you in. It ain't about what man think about you. Forget man and get with God. And watch what God do for you. When they try to kill you, God will put a, a protection over you. That's what God will do. That's what the God that I know will do. But you got to believe it. See, you got to receive this thing by faith. So the word says here that when we become restrained by the word of God and become a servant to him, God, through his power, commissions us to go forth and do some things according to the faith of God's elect. Where's your faith this morning? Where's your faith? Because it's according to your faith will you be healed or whatever it is that you need, according to your faith. If you don't believe God can do it, then he's not going to do it. But it's according to your faith. The Bible says, according to the faith of God's elect. We're God's elect. And the acknowledging of the truth, which is after what? Godliness. You see, the acknowledgement of the truth must be acknowledged after godliness. In other words, when you hear the truth, you better get to stepping toward it, toward godliness. You just don't hear it and stay at point A. No, you hear it to go to point B. And then to point C. And on and on and on and on up that road to glory. So the Bible says here that the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness, is for a reason. Why? Well, I'm going to tell you something that most preachers don't even talk about no more. In hope, verse 2, of what kind of life? Eternal life. See, that's what this gospel is about. Eternity. It ain't about you getting your stuff. It's about you getting eternal life. You see, now, what is Jesus said? Give the answer to eternal life. John 17, 3. Jesus is praying to the Father. And he says, John 17, verse 3, he says, This is eternal life, that they may know thee, which is the Father, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, that's his power and wisdom, who the Father sent. See, that's what eternal life is. That's what eternal life, that you know the Father. Not that you know your pastor, but you need to know the Father. Not that you you got a great big fine check. No, you need to know the Father. Are you saved? Well, you know we got this and we got that, but are you saved? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
Are you saved? See, that's a question that you need to ask yourself daily. Are you saved? The Bible goes on and says that this eternal life, let's go to John and let's read it for ourselves. John 17, verse 3. Start at verse 2 first. Because that's, that's, something, that's something there that very, now that's, that's the devil over there, see. You see that thing over there? You see what he's doing? He want to start some trouble, don't he? Well, let me show you what to do with the devil. Y'all excuse me. See, this is what you got to do to the devil. The devil want to act a fool. That's why I got this black thing over it, right? And then you, you see, you got to kick the devil. When the devil try to start some trouble, you got to shut him up. See, see that's what you got to do to the devil. You got to learn his tricks, see? Because, see, you'll go over there, and if you don't know his trick, you'll go over there and you'll play around with him. But you see, you got to study him like he studied you. And like he know where to hit you at, well, I know where to hit him. Because the devil want to start something deep. The devil do. All morning long, he ain't thought about cranking it up. And right when the words start coming, he wants to start trying to get your mind off eternal life. And put your mind on that old crazy water fountain over there which don't work no more. It's like that fig tree is never going to work again. Never. Put the black thing over it. It's dead. Now look at this word here. Because see, he didn't want you to know this. St. John 17, verse 2. And then I'm going to, we already know about verse 3, but I'll reread it. I'll reiterate it. But verse 2 says, And thou, here's Jesus. He's speaking to the Father. And thou hast given him power over all flesh. Talking about himself. Or more or less, talk about the God in him, the Christ. That's, that's really what he was saying. Now, the Bible tells us that, and thou hast given him power over all flesh. Not some, because it's Christ in you that's your hope of glory. That he should give eternal life. To as many as thou hast given him. Here's the secret. We treat the righteousness. God knows. He just declared that he knows how many trees that he needs in order to build that new Jerusalem. See, the Father already know how many going up. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. I said the Father already know how many he needs. What man go to build a house without first counting the cost? Come on, y'all. If he tell you to do it, don't you think he would do it? God know how many he needs. Now, our thing is, is are you going to be in that number? Whosoever will, let him come. But now, when I get my number, I'm going to cap this thing up. When I get my number. The Bible didn't say when the gospel was preached around the world, he'd come. No, he would come. The gospel said, the, the, the Bible said, when this gospel, the eternal life, not the gospel of tell your neighbor, Amen. but the gospel, not that one, not that gospel, no. He said when this one, the one that's called about, talks about eternal life and the kingdom, 
When that one is preached, see, we're the one holding up God. Because he can't get his number. But he's going to get him. He's going to get his number. Then he goes on to say, look here, thou, thou hast given, that he should give eternal life as to many as thou hast given him. And then he goes on, he tells what eternal life is. First of all, you got to know the Father, the only true God. And then you got to know Jesus Christ, that's his power that he sent. See, you got to know that. Because without the power, you can't know the Father. And you certainly can't get in. Now let's go back over here to Titus. I hope y'all held your places. Because he says in verse 2, chapter 1 of Titus, he says, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie. Because that's the only impossible thing for God to do is to tell a lie. He can't tell no lie now. That's the only thing that I've seen that's impossible for God to do according to the word of God. Is that he can't tell a lie. That's why he can't stand a liar. Person tell a lie ain't no good for nothing. I'm going to say it again. Because I know we got some liars in the house. A person that'll tell a lie ain't good for nothing. I said it. I'm not backing down on it. You know why? Because God placed his word above all his name. And if a person's word ain't no good, then they can't be trusted. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care how good you look, how good you think you look. It don't work like that. In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised, he promised eternal life before the world began. Let's go to Hebrews 6.19, talking about this hope. The book of Hebrews 6.19. The book of Hebrews, 619. Tell me when you get there, please. The Bible tells us here, talking about this hope, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, mm. both sure and steadfast. That means that you can believe in it and you can stand on it. And which entereth into that within the veil. You see, the veil, the veil is that curtain that when Jesus died, split. That goes from the area of the soul realm known as the holy place into the realm of the spirit, which is the holy of holies, where the ark is. The ark represents the spirit. We're able through the kingdom of God inside of us, through us allowing Christ to save our soul. You see, that's how we enter in into that veil that's inside of us. That veil between the soul and the spirit. You see, only Christ can open it up for you to enter in because you see that kingdom lies deep behind that veil. And if you can't get through that curtain, then you will always cater to your flesh. Always. So verse 3 goes and it tells us in Titus chapter 1 verse 3. It says, but have in due time. 
manifesting his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of our of God our Savior, which means that in due times mean that in one's own time. You see, your time might not be your time. You see. In due time means in due time for you. When is due time for you? You see, everybody got a season. Your season ain't my season. There are four seasons, people, in a year. Four. There is something to be done in each season of the year. Sometimes the ground rests in the winter. And right at the end of it, you start breaking it up, right? Called spring is coming in. That's when you plant, right? Then the summer come in, that's when you harvest, right? Right at the end. I mean, the summer come in, that's when it grows, right? And then at the end of the summer, Near the end, the autumn comes in, that's when you harvest and store up, right? Because winter coming. Did you hear what I said? I said winter coming. Now, have you done what you're supposed to do in the other months, in the other seasons, in order for winter not to catch you naked? You understand what I'm saying? In other words, God bless you with a job. Mm -hmm. Now, what you going to do? Are you going to do like God commanded you to do? Are you going to do the right thing with it? Are you going to start preparing yourself for the next season so that you can do what you need to do in that season and take it to the next season? You see, when you do what you're supposed to do in each season, you will never go lacking. But now, if you want to be like that old grasshopper that we like to talk about here once in a while, you know, as it come in, you know, you party hearty. Yeah. How many grasshoppers in the house? Well, how many ever been a grasshopper then? I know we still got some in here, but that's all right. I'll just do it like that. And then that way everybody, you know, they won't feel. You see, that's what's wrong with church folks. See, church folk can't be real. You see, don't nobody want to tell the truth. Why you don't want to tell the truth? God already know whether you're a grasshopper or not. But you don't want your buddy and the one beside you to think that you all that. No, you're not. So let's just be real, right? Can we be, just be honest up in here? That's what we teach up in there, right? Honesty. God cannot lie, so we are not either, right? So why you didn't put your hands up, Grandpapa? I'm just asking. Because God already knows what we are. But look what he says here. He says, in due time, in due season, it's going to be manifested not only in somebody else's life, but in yours too. In due season. It's your season, Steve. It's your season. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing. It's a blessed thing. Titus 2.11. Talking about the Christian life. Verse 11 says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to... What kind of man? Oh. Wait a minute. Hold up. What's this all? Who all? Who in here know what all means? All mean all. Everybody. All right. 
Let's see what he's talking about here now. Wait a minute now. It's a whole lot of all. Some of them dead, but they still all. If they have been born, they're man, right? All. The ones that have been born and died, the ones that are now, and the ones that should come. That encapsulates all, correct? Okay. Let's see what God's talking about here. He says, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. It didn't say that all men would take it, but it said, I'm going to bring it to all men, the good, the bad, the ugly. I'm going to bring it to all men, even though it's dead, I'm going to prove it. Let's go to Peter. First Peter. Now remember now, salvation was brought to all men. All. And we all have agreed that all means all, right? Let's go to First Peter 3, uh, verse hmm, 18 and 19 and 20. I'm going to deal with it first. I'm going to deal with the spirits. Because Jesus did some things when he died, besides just laid in that tomb, y'all. He did some work. Let's see what Jesus did. Now keep in mind now, the grace of God has been brought to all men. The grace of God which brings salvation has come to all men. Now remember that. That's what the words say, right? I don't care nothing about what your teachings been. I'm talking about what the words say. I ain't interested in nothing else but what that right there say. Because if one thing that I and I've learned pastor this me and you now. This between me and you. One thing that I've learned pastor is that it ain't about denomination and it ain't about their teachings. It's about what that word say right there. Now, when you start trying to, 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 to satisfy denomination, which ain't biblical, then we got to be careful. Right or wrong? Right or wrong? I'm talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. I ain't talking about Baptist, Methodist, because I got Methodist, Baptist, and everything else up in here. But I don't preach none of that. I just preach the gospel. I don't have nothing else to give you for what thus saith the Lord. And this is what the Lord says about salvation being brought to all men. First of all, he brought it to the spirits. Watch the word. First Peter 3, verse 18 through 20. For Christ has also once suffered for sin, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened, which means to be made alive by the spirit. Watch this. By which also he went and preached unto the spirit in prison. When did he do it? When he killed him. When he killed him. Now he's just talking about the spirits now. Now let me show you who these spirits were. Jude 6. Go over here to Jude 6. That's them boys. That's them crazy boys. That, 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 uh, that, that, that Genesis 6 talks about. The ones that saw the, the women were looking good and they come down. See, them the one, that's them bad boys. Made them giants. Watch it. God had to put them in prison. Watch the word. 
See, Jesus went to preach to them. The Bible declares it in, in Genesis. I mean, in, uh, in, in 1 Peter 3, verse 18 through 20. See, he declared that he went to prison. He went to, to, to preach to them spirits in prison. Watch this. Watch over here in Jude. Jude ain't got but one book, so just go to the secret verse. That's all y'all ain't, 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 ain't sit there. And the angels which kept not their first estate. See, they left heaven. Watch what they did. But left their own habitation. See, they left heaven. Well, I, I. <laughs> Boy, you, let me tell you something. Ladies, y'all must be some awesome beings to bring the heavens out of, uh, to bring the angels out of heaven. Y'all must be something. Y'all must be more awesome than we men understand. No, you think about it. No, you think about it. To make them leave their first estate. Look at the word. I'm just being real about it. That's what we need to be. We need to be real. It said, and the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, has he, God, reserved in everlasting change under darkness until the day of the great day, or th until the judgment of the great day. See, that place, uh, that word uh, uh, darkness, change, everlasting change under darkness means that he put him in prison. Done the ones. See, Jesus was on a mission. It just didn't stop on top of the earth when he, see, that was, he had finished that course of it. But now he's going down under. I'm, I'm, I'm going to prove it to you in the Word. You can bet I'm going to prove it to you in the Word. Don't I always show it to you in the Word? Amen. Now after that, you do what you want to. But I'm going to show it to you in the Word. Throw your theology out the door and get with the Word. Now, watch this Word here. The book of Peter. First Peter. First he preaches to the spirits. Now, First Peter chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. Let's see. Now remember now, this gospel of grace that brought salvation to all men, right? Everybody. Look what this word says here. In the book of 1 Peter, chapter 4, verse 5 and 6, it says, Who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead? Watch this. For for this cause was the gospel preached also to who? Them to them that are what? Dead. What your Bible say, preacher? Dead. Who preached it to them? Couldn't nobody preach to the dead but Jesus. He went down under there and had an altar. See, it wouldn't have been right. Salvation wouldn't have been found. Everybody got to have a chance to hear the word of God. The gospel got to be preached to every creature. So he goes down under. How else would they have the opportunity to be one of the whosoever will if they didn't hear the gospel being preached? So Jesus Christ made an altar call in hell. He went down and stepped through hell and he preached the word of God to him. The Bible declares it right there. He said, for this cause is the gospel preached among the dead. 
far for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. It had to be preached to them. How else can salvation be brought to all men? The good, the bad, the ugly, the dead, the alive, and those that ought to be alive. See, it wouldn't have been fair. God wouldn't have been a fair God to just give everybody from the time Jesus came on the scene in the flesh and he didn't run it retroactive. See, he had to run it retroactive. You see? Otherwise, how would all of them other people have gotten saved from Adam all the way up if they hadn't heard the gospel? See, you've got to hear the gospel and then you've got to have to accept. See, that's what it's all about, right? You hear it? Now, do you accept it? That's what it's all about, right? Now, if you don't hear it, how you going to accept it? The gospel got to be preached to the dead also. Does not the word say that, brother? Now, who don't agree with the word? Anybody in here? Is the word not true? I know it might be hard for you to believe, but you see, what's hard for you is easy for God. See, you looked at the problem. I'm going to take my glasses off because I really don't want to see you when I say this. But see, that's the problem. I can't see you. That's the problem. We keep letting self, our own little finite mind, try to logically understand what God is doing. But he said you got to take this thing by faith. You can't take it no other way. Now, if, if the Bible said God went down and preached, Jesus went down and preached to him, to, to, then that's what he did. I don't, care, I don't want to hear nothing else because that's word. I don't take no vote on the word. That's word. Now, you believe what you want to believe, but I'm going to believe this. And guess what? As long as I believe this, I'm still going to be blessed. Amen. You best get to step in to believe it too if you want to continue to be blessed. Because you can't hear this thing today and then you're going to do it your way tomorrow. You're going to be most miserable. You're going to be most miserable. So this word was preached also to them that are dead. Now let's go back over here to Titus. Because this doesn't appear to all men. Verse 12, Titus, chapter 2, verse 12 says, Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust. Boy, that's a tough one. We don't want to deny that, do we? We should live soberly. That means responsibly. Righteously and godly. In this what kind of world? Right now. We need to be living holy right now. See, see folk don't talk about it. They don't preach about holiness no more. Them big church, they don't preach about that. Them Joel Osteen's and all them boys, though, they don't preach about none of that kind of stuff. They let you just do what you want. Oh, God, he's going to do all right. Let me tell you something. God will kill you. He's still in the killing business. Oh, you don't believe it? Better read the book. New Testament. He's going to wipe them out. There's going to come a time when God gets tired of it all. And when he gets tired of it, he's going to wipe it out. He's wiping a bunch of them out right now. 
You play with them if you want to. And listen to them hope gurus. I'm going to give you the real hope. The real hope is when you preach not only the goodness of God, but you also preach the severity of God. See, I have a whole church full. There's not a bunch of them come through here, Pastor, but I preach them up out of here because, see, they, they, they mind ain't right. They just want to hear that good side. They don't want to hear both sides. But, see, I, don't, I got to get a whole, I'm a full gospel preacher. I preach the full gospel. See, that's what we need to hear, full gospel. The Word of God is the only thing going to change you. Not these conferences and these seminars, you know all this stuff they be having to make to get your money. And by the way, if, did you bring them CDs? Did you bring? If anybody wants some free CDs, they they over there. We we don't sell our CDs. We don't sell nothing. Get selling. I ain't no money changer. Now, the Bible says, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly love, we should live soberly, righteous, and godly in this present world. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Let's see Hebrews 12 2. Hebrews 12 2. Hebrews 12, 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him. See, that's, that's what we got to do. We've got to be able to see the joy that's set before us. Because in doing so, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Have you ever tried to do good? And you are shamefully a character assassinated for it. See, see, you have to walk with that. You have to carry that. You see, that's what Jesus did. See, Jesus knew the joy that was set before him. That's why I preach an eternal word. Because the Bible says, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth, Colossians 3, 2 tells us, you see. Because by setting your affections on things of the earth, you're weighted down with that. And can't nothing go up that's got weights on it. That's why he said, lay all these weights and these sins that so easily beset us. Lay it aside and let us run this race that's set before us, see. So Jesus, like us, he knew the joy that was set before him. So what he did was, he endured the cross, the suffering. Just like us, we have to do that. He also despised the shame, but he went on anyway. You know when they try to kill your character? See, they don't come to church to help you. They come to church to try to destroy you. You see, they false brethren that come in unaware to privately spy out your liberty to try to take you back into bondage. Have you ever dealt with that? You ever had to deal with that? They come in like they're all right with you. See, y'all don't know what we pastors go through. We go through hell. 
Because the devil is always coming in trying to destroy a peaceful people. Don't you think he ain't? You see, if I let them come up in here and shack up, and not pre they, I'm going to preach it to them, they're either going to get married or they're going to get out. Point blank. You know why? Because that'll mess up my congregation. You're bringing up sin into the camp. And I know about it, and I'm not going to preach about it. No, I'm going to preach about it. These little young girls having these babies, yeah, I'm going to preach about it. Yes, I'm going to preach about it. I don't care what the world say. I'm going to preach it. I preach a real word. Because you got to learn to cut sin from the left to the right. And if you never preach to about your sin, then how is God going to ever convict you to make you want to live right? See, that's what's wrong with the church now. Church don't want to live right because they think they can just do anything, anyway, as long as they pay their tithe, the preacher happy, forget that. You're not going to bring that slime up in here among God's holy people. It's my job as a watchman. That's why House of Destiny is blessed. Because you see, we run out of what we call the Gideon factor. It's amazing how you can have a handful of people and run a worldwide ministry. It's amazing. But you, you can do that when you put God up front. And let God open up the doors for you. You just follow him. That's all you put you, you put you on cruise control. Don't get ahead of God. You see. A lot of times we want to get ahead of God. You see. See, 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 some people can't handle real preachers. They can't handle real preachers. See, they used to that plantation kind of mess. They used to say, oh God's gonna do this. That's a trick. You've got to hear the full gospel. You cannot pick and choose the gospel. Like you're going to go down like that buffet back there. You're just going to go down and take what you want of it. Do I make sense? Y'all know I'm telling the truth. It might be cutting, but y'all know I'm telling the truth. You know I'm telling the truth. And before it's over with, you'll be cutting bad enough that it'll start getting good to you. But you got to bleed that imp up out your first, see? Because the first thing that old pride self would do is, he can't preach to me like this. God can. God can. God will preach to you this way. That's what God needs. God needs real men and women standing up in this pulpit and preaching this word and not looking to the left, not looking to the right, not caring about how nobody feel about it, but preach it. No compromise. None. None. When you get over your compromising spirit, then you come on back. Because there ain't going to be no compromise. The word is what the word is. Now God will give you a chance. And we will too. But we don't go up in no mess. We don't go up in no mess. See, we come out of a mess. Oh God. Let me go back here. I said we come out of a mess. We come out of places where pastors won't do what they're supposed to do. Where pastors won't stand up and get the house right. Where pastors will go along with what's wrong instead of going along with what's right. As soon as those that want to live holy say something about it, then now you out of order. You can't talk to me about that, you see. 
We come out of that mess. Well, you can't even get to the preaching. You need to get to the pastor. It ain't that hard to get to President Obama. Jesus Christ, he will stop by if he see you hollering. He about like D-Hill. He will stop by and say, what's the matter? I know he don't do everything right, but man, if you, I need to be under the pressure he under. I'd be crazy right now. Cold felt. He's just saying, but with Bush, he was under pressure and all the rest of them. Everything you do, you can't satisfy nobody. Amen. So I go, I don't try to satisfy nobody, I just preach the word. Amen. And that way, I don't have to worry about it. Now, it says in verse 14, who gave himself, Titus 2.14, who gave himself for us, mm -hmm, that he might redeem us from all iniquity. And purify unto himself a peculiar people. Not just a people, but a peculiar people. That's what? Zealous. For what kind of work? That means that they want to do some good works. They zealous for that. But let's look at this thing here. It says here that he might redeem us from all iniquity. Look at Matthew. Let me see. Matthew 4, 13. Is that what it is? Let me see here. Matthew 4. Let me see something here. Matthew 4, 13. This word called redeem is the same as ransom. Now look here. Are we there? Did you look at something here? I'm about finished. Verse 13 says, And leaving Nazareth, now, the word Nazareth means the branch. Now, Isaiah tells us that a rod shall come out of the stem of Jesse and a branch out of his root. Well, that branch there represents the coexistence of God, you see. Now, look what he does. Look what Jesus does. And leaving Nazareth, did not, Nazareth is the branch, which is the coexistence of God. Did not Jesus leave the coexistence of his Father in heaven to come and save us? Did he not do it? See, the word, see, 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 y'all been, been taught to look at the word. You've been taught to look at the word in the physical. You haven't been taught to see it moving in the spirit. Until you see it moving in the spirit, the power won't work like it should. You see, you've got to see what God is doing in the spirit. As long as you see Jesus in the natural, in the pigmentation and the, of your mind, and you see a man, you know, and you don't know what Nazareth is, you know, but you can just see a man moving from here to there, you know. You just think that that's just a natural thing that he's doing, you know. You, you're not getting it. You're not getting it. Here's how you get it. That's why God say, those that worship me got to worship me in spirit and in truth. See, we, see, this is a whole new level of teaching. And we're going easy at it this morning. This is a whole new level uh, 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 of teaching. 
is kingdom teaching. Look what he said. Now, leaving Nazareth, that means that Jesus Christ left that coexistence, the branch. In other words, he was the branch. He's the power of wisdom of God. But see, he laid that aside. He left it. Watch what he did. And the Bible says, and he came and dwelt. Where? In a place called where? Capernaum. You know what Capernaum means? Ransom. Did not he give himself as a ransom to us? Did not he do that? A ransom. He left the core essence of himself, took his robe of glory off, came and dwelt in a place called ransom, where, or a place called where he will redeem us, same thing, which is upon the seacoast in the borders of Zebulon and Naphtali. In other words, Zebulon and Naphtali is the place or the habitation of wrestling. Are not we in this flesh in a habitation of wrestling? You see what I'm saying? You see how, you see how the spirit connects? See, Jesus Christ took on the same fight that we got. See, we were dwelling in that habitation. That's why, of, of, of wrestling. That's why he is able to understand everything that we go through because he took on the same thing that we took on and he wrestled with it. Amen. He too had to wrestle with his will because he said, not my will. But if you would, would you just please take this cup from me? But then he come back and he say, oh, but it's not my will, but thy will be done. See, he was wrestling too. Just like us. The only difference between him and us is that when we wrestle, a lot of times we lose the battle. But Jesus, he left the branch. That coexistence with God. And he came down to show us how to get it done. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 2028. Matthew 2028. 20, Still talking about this rank. Look what he did. Matthew 2028. 20, Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a what? Ransom. For many. At ransom there is Capernaum. That's where he went to dwell there. That was his home port. Capernaum. Capernaum. Why? Because that was a place of ransom. That's what he came to do. Look at 1 Peter 4 9. And I got one more scripture after that, and then we're done. 1 Peter. First Peter 4, 9. Now before you turn there, if you look at that, that scripture, uh, in Titus chapter 2, verse 14, it talks about a peculiar people, right? And purifying to himself a, what kind of people? 
peculiar people. Now if you go over here in 1 Peter 4, Might be second Peter. No, no, it ain't second Peter. Second Peter ain't got there. First Peter. Let me see if I can find this. Might be three. Okay, it's two nine. First Peter two nine. Okay. Are you there? First Peter two nine. Mm -hmm. Are you there? First Peter two nine. And I'm closing shop. First Peter 2 9 talking about this chosen people, I mean this peculiar people. He said, But ye are a chosen generation. See, he's telling you who you are now. From his standpoint. Not from yours. Because a lot of us don't believe, a lot, a lot of us don't believe that we chose. That's why we don't do no better with this thing. But I'll I, I figure give it to you from his view, from his standpoint. He said, but ye are a, first of all, you're a chosen generation. Second of all, you're a royal priesthood. See, some of y'all don't believe y'all royalty. But I'm a king and a priest because that's what he made me. How many kings and priests in the house? Mm -hmm. That's what I'm talking about. See, some of us ain't got there yet, but we get there if we stick around. But don't hate me now. Where my girl at? She said, preach on haters. Don't hate me now. Because I know who I am. She told me last night, won't you preach on haters? <laughs> so, 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 just because I know who I am in the Lord, don't hate me. Because I'm walking in mine. See, that's mine. Now, what you now? That's up to you. Because you know some folks, they don't want all this good stuff that God got for them. They just want church. I don't want church. I want eternal life because I am the church. I am the church. So I, 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 I've got that part down pat. But I want eternal life with him. So that means I've got to get with the kingdom on this day. Mm -hmm. His kingdom. So not only are we a royal priesthood also and a chosen generation, but we're also a holy nation. Don't nobody want to be holy. Don't nobody want to be priesthood about being holy. They get mad, horns start growing out of their head. They go to wiggling. You start telling them, they start wiggling. It's okay. It's all right long you telling everybody else, but when it hit home, see, and if you listen to this word long enough, it's going to hit you personally. Because I told you, the word is an equal opportunity chastisement. It'll hit you. And that's what it's designed to do. And when you leave, you'll be feeling better because you've been hit. Because you had that knot with that cuss in it and something needs to hit it to get it out of there. So when that word smacks you upside your head and that old pus get out of you, them old demons, then you start feeling better. That's right. That's right. But the problem is the old preacher see the demons coming up and then he back up. No, I go forward. Come on, demon. Because you got to know what's working inside you. I ain't scared of you. You already been taken down. 
But not only that, but he said we're going to be a peculiar people. That's what he was talking about over here in Titus. A peculiar people. See, we ain't supposed to be like everybody else. We ain't supposed to do it like everybody else. Mimic. Y'all seen that mimic? He said that we are peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. That's what our job is to do. That's what we're supposed to do. And I'm going to cut off right there. I'm going to cut off. I don't do no antics. Anybody need prayer? I don't do no antics. I ain't got time to roll on no flow. All I got to do is speak the word. And I've seen God's word do it. And the only thing that I've ever seen rolling on the floor, and like I, I told y'all, I'm going to tell y'all too, the only thing that I've seen rolling on the floor and acting crazy with folk got to be all around them called, to keep from killing themselves, when I look in the gospel, they were full of demons that did that. Uh, am I right about it? That's the only one that I've seen do that. Some ain't right. Duh. If, you, if I got to stand around you to keep you from killing yourself, then I'll, I'll really, you're going to have to go somewhere else. You're going to hurt some. You're going to hurt yourself, and you're going to. We all will go to jail, fool if we keep it. I'm all of us in jail. Because the first thing you're going to do when you get hurt is sue us. I, one of them, I got trapped up in there. My wife took me up in one of them places one time. And this lady, Lord, I know that lady weighed about 600 pounds. And boy, she had me boxed in. And there was one in the back. And I heard something go, bam, 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 And I looked back there, and that chair, one of them chairs like that, that thing had folded up and beat her all upside the head. She was all trying to get up out of it. And one of my, the evangelist that I knew was back there, she looked at me and I, and I just turned around and I was like that. I, I said, I'm not going back there. Because I had one beside me that I was having to deal with. There was just a, just a move and I said, oh Jesus, you fall on me, you'll kill me. But I'm just saying though, as soon as they get hurt, they'll sue you. You shouldn't have let me fall. I shouldn't have let you fall. First of all, how am I going to stop you? You'll kill us all. <laughs> Flopping all around. And then I go to the Bible. And, and, and I go to the book. And Jesus said, how long have you been doing this? How long have you been throwing himself down in the fire and in the water and all that? How, you know what? How long have you been doing that? And it still ain't working. Because I'm looking at your life and you still jacked up. So it ain't working. So it's time to change, right? <laughs> Cut that thing off before I get killed up in here. 